0: This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air, Linda Cohen along with you. Well, we've all heard the admonition, spare the rod and spoil the child, suggesting that physical punishment, also known as corporal punishment, is a necessary strategy in raising children. But research seems to point to some negative consequences of such practices. And here with more on all of this is Dr. Megan Jacobs. She's a resident in pediatrics at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Jacobs. Thanks for coming in. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's begin by explaining what we mean by the term corporal punishment.
1: Well, corporal punishment has a lot of definitions, and it depends on who you talk to, what research you look at. Um, One of the best definitions, I think, is by Murray Strauss, who is a professor of sociology and co-director of the Family Research Laboratory at the University of New Hampshire, who in 2000 defined corporal punishment as the use of physical force with the intent to cause physical pain but not physical injury for the purpose of correction or control of a child's behavior. This is pretty similar to what you would find from the American Academy of Pediatrics, and a good understanding, I think, of what most people would think of when they think of corporal punishment. A lot of people use the term spanking or other terms such as that, that really describe using kind of this physical force, but not so far as to injure
0: the child. But the interesting point here is how do you discriminate between that and abuse? In other words, you know, it seems to me that's kind of a. A fuzzy line or a slippery slope?
1: That's an excellent question and a, a very good point to make. Um, and one of the reasons that we as pediatricians find corporal punishment um, to be such a, a dangerous thing. It's often used in times of the most frustration by the parent, um, it's used in times of anger. Um, and there it is a very slippery, slippery, slippery slope, excuse me. Yeah. Um, that if you are pushing the boundaries too far you can injure the child right so part of that definition of corporal punishment is that you're you may be hitting you may be spanking but you're not leaving marks you're not leaving lasting bruises however if you push that boundary too far you could certainly leave
0: lasting marks or bruises and that would push the boundary exactly now some places I understand like Sweden it's actually illegal mm-hmm. to engage in that kind of behavior but in the U.S. It, is it still a common practice? It is a very common
1: practice. Um, Actually, Strauss and Stewart in 1999 did a survey of 991 American parents. They interviewed them on the phone, and they asked about slaps on the hands or or legs, spanking on the buttocks, pinching, shaking, hitting on the buttocks with a belt or a paddle, and slapping on the face. And what they found was a 35% prevalence for infants, so that's under the age of 12 months, a 94% prevalence in ages three to four, which is uh, the toddler period that a lot of people talk about, you know, the terrible twos, the toddler period where they're um, maybe the most active and tend to explore the most and maybe
0: hard to control.
1: Exactly. Um, And then the severity. So hitting with belt or paddle, that was actually greatest from ages five to 12, where they found a 28% prevalence.
0: Wow.
1: So it's pervasive.
0: Yeah. Now you've been studying this whole question, I know. So help us understand i'm going to ask you a lot of questions about what exactly you found in going over the research but what role do cultural differences play because i know that's often brought up that we you know we need to be very cognizant of the cultural differences when you take a look at how families discipline their children
1: mm-hmm. I think that it's often brought up, the cult, the culture question. Um, but culture encompasses a lot of things. It encompasses race, religion, um, just the household, en- environment, everything. Um, and I think that it's interesting because a lot of times I think that the race question gets brought up most prevalently. Um, you know, is there a specific ethnicity or race that, um, is, this is the most common in? And what the research shows is that's actually not the case, um, that it's pervasive in all ethnicities and races. Um, there's a, an interesting article document published by Jennifer Lansard, Um, It's called The Special Problem of Cultural Differences in Effects of Corporal Punishment. It was published in The Law and Contemporary Problems. Um, And what she showed was that studies vary drastically. And they often show opposite um, outcomes as far as cultural differences and cultural outcomes for corporal punishment. And the conclusion we can draw from that is that it's not just race that there's uh, there's something else playing a role, whether that's religion, whether that's regional differences, whether that's any of these other factors. But it's not just race, um, and that race can't really be the main reason why people use corporal punishment. That's not the case. Um, that it's actually just pervasive in our environment. And there's been a lot of research that shows that um, societies that have social stratification often corporal punishment is more used in those societies and it's a way as of socially um showing your child what that social stratification is like it's a way of developing their knowledge of what social stratification means Mm. and we we are a socially stratified country um and whether that plays a role in it i'm not really sure but Mm -hmm. it is a pervasive in our country and it's it's something that a lot of parents don't just deem okay, they deem as necessary to developing their child's social
0: um, cues. Awareness, Mm -hmm. knowledge. Well, it's that whole idea of spare the rod and spoil the child. That came from somewhere, and somehow the idea is that children need to be shown Mm -hmm. how to behave and that some degree of Physicality mm-hmm. is important. But some research that you've done, or the research that you've done in reviewing the research, mm-hmm. is that it has both short term and long term effects. So, from the short term effects, I mean, does it bring the desired result of stopping a certain behavior?
1: Mm-hmm. So, actually, the spare the rod um, comment actually comes from Proverbs, the mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. which is a commonly um, used phrase in corporal punishment. Um, but as far as the effects go, um, there is the immediate effects in childhood that this causes aggression, delinquent behavior, antisocial behavior, and then a poorer quality of the parent-child relationship, which although all of those are very important, the parent-child relationship is essential to being able to go on with a, um, this child to develop social relationships, his or herself. Um, and, I think that that's a, a, a one that's often overlooked. That parents don't like using corporal punishment in general. It's not something that they enjoy doing, and oftentimes when they do this, it starts a very negative loop between them and their child.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's Health Link on air. I'm Linda Cohen here, along with pediatrician Dr. Megan Jacobs. We're talking about the potentially negative consequences of corporal punishment when it comes to disciplining children. So let's get back to this whole idea. Mm-hmm. So both short-term, there may be um, a limitation. of the, You may be successful in stopping a behavior that you don't want. But in terms of the long-term consequences, you've just pointed out several things to think about. One is that it seems to increase the the idea of a child thinking that it's okay to be aggressive because the very behaviors that they're being punished for are being used against them in a way. So it's probably confusing in some level for them to figure out when is it okay to hit and when isn't it okay to hit. And then the other critical thing that you pointed out was that it can damage or interfere with that attachment of parent To child and that could have many more long-lasting effects both in terms of the child's ability to attach later on in life to others or maybe their own children Mm, going forward Mm -hmm. so what about cognitive development so obviously physical aggression is something that teaches more physical aggression but how does it affect the child's development from a, a cognitive standpoint their intellectual development
1: so there's been a lot of research that this does cognitively affect children um, one such study was Smith et al. in 1997. He performed a large multi-site study looking looking at outcomes of low birth weight infants. And what they found, and it's interesting, it was specifically in girls, not in boys, but harsh discipline between the ages of 12 and 36 months was associated with an 8-point drop in their IQ score wow. by the age of 3. Um, so that was just looking at cognitive uh, Berlin et al. in 2009, they did a study of low-income white African-American and Mexican-American toddlers, and what they found that was that spanking at the age of one predicted aggressive behavior by the age of two and a lower Bailey mental index score, and that index score um, is a three-component score that includes cognitive, motor, and behavioral.
0: So overall, it was affecting the child's development. Absolutely. I found something very interesting, too, when I was reading some of this information, that um, the use of verbal methods for discipline through explanation and reasoning were actually providing the child with more cognitive stimulation. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't only than perhaps corporal punishment would do, so that it wasn't only that you were... um, you know, uh, helping the child or not using physical means, but you're also giving the child an opportunity to learn about reasoning, negotiation, maybe some other cognitive abilities that perhaps help them overall in their yeah, development. Absolutely. How about emotional development? How do you think it, you've alluded to that as well in terms of the issue of connecting?
1: Right. So emotionally um, in adulthood, This, again, points to aggression or antisocial behavior, so poor emotional control, um, lack of emotions when you talk about antisocial behavior, poor mental health, so the depression, the inward turning. Um, What studies have found is that they actually have internalizing behaviors like depression and anxiety, but then externalizing behaviors like aggression. So they kind of get both, um, and they get hurt at both ends. Um, And then, of of course, like you uh, talked about earlier is the abuse of their own children or their spouse. So it's the cycle, it's the never-ending generational pass-down of this method of hurting one another.
0: Yeah, I also had another fact that, that I thought was interesting along those same lines is this whole idea of attaching, like we talked about a child attaching to their parent or, or caregiver, that is that kind of security is vital for the children's sense of well-being and the feelings of safety within and outside the boundaries of the family mm-hmm. and also vital in the development of conscience mm-hmm. so that if you impair that attachment... All of those other things can kind of fall by the wayside. Exactly. Um, so what's the bottom line? What do you take away from your review of all this research? What's the takeaway?
1: The, the bottom line for me is that corporal punishment is not the most effective way to discipline our children. Um, it, in fact, is has been proven over and time and time again that it has negative effects that are lifelong and that although it's pervasive in our culture, that we really need to change those cultural views that this is okay. It's, it's not okay, and it's not the right way to go about these things, because there are better ways.
0: So give us some examples, of very briefly, because we only have a little bit of time left. When we talk about alternatives, what kinds of things can a parent do?
1: So for me, the definition of positive discipline um, is something that's nonviolent, it's solution-focused, and it's respectful to the child or learner, and it's a- appropriate for their developmental milestones. So So I think often we forget that children may not understand what we understand. So when we're talking birth to 12 months, there's no um, time that discipline isn't appropriate, right? So during that time, all you're doing by disciplining them is actually establishing a schedule. They know when they're going to be fed. They know when they're going to have sleep time. And that's discipline. That's a set schedule. From one to two years, it's about childproofing. So it's not a no environment. You're not... Constantly saying, no, you can allow them to explore. Terrible twos, that's when defiance, but it's not actually defiance. It's them trying to explore their environment. So you want to often teach them their emotional vocabulary so they can express that to you. Ages three to five, consistency, timeouts, praising good behavior. That is the number one and best way to discipline your children lifelong
0: is praising the good. Thanks so much. I wish we had more time. That was excellent and I really think it's a lot of food for thought. My guest has been Dr. Megan Jacobs. She's a pediatric resident at Upstate Medical University and I'm Linda Cohen and you're listening to Upstate's Health Link on air.